Hello, everyone. This is Anna Sui, and this is my invitation to magic. So this past summer, under the auspice of the bright Nordic sun, I found myself in the parking lot of a nondescript office park in Reykjavik, Iceland, and I was searching for a man. His name was Magnus Skarpinson, and he was the headmaster of the world's only elf school. On my left was my Icelandic friend, Marcus, and he had just located a small paper sign on the wall with a drawing of a man riding a horse into a magical fire. And we thought this was a good sign. And next to this ominous graphic was written, The Elf School, second floor, in small, bold font. And so this was after months of planning, and my belly was just nervous with excitement and anticipation. And I gathered my two red bags that were filled with these mini boxes of California sun-made raisins, and they were my gifts to the elves. And I tiptoed up the steps and basically entered into another realm where fantasy and legend was alive and real. You know, I've always been drawn to magical hidden worlds. And as a child, I absolutely knew that everything was alive, the rocks, the trees, and especially the angels in the old Renaissance paintings that I, were, I was absolutely obsessed about. So I knew that these were things and beings that existed unseen by human eyes. And amongst the greatest gifts my grandma gave me before she passed were her stories from the old country in China. And these were real stories, according to her, where spirits wandered the countryside at night, causing mischief. She also revealed to me traditional spiritual traditions and ceremonies conducted during important lunar holidays that were done to appease deceased ancestors and also to curry favor with the gods to have an auspicious year. Her stories instilled in me the belief that the world of the living and the world of spirit and legend were actually one and the same. And as members of the world of the living, we all have to show respect to these unseen kingdoms because they are more vast and more powerful than we know. Because of her influence at a young age, I held an unwavering belief in energy, magic, and all things that were hidden from the eyes. Later in my life, this would lead me to deep spiritual studies and studies on human intuition and energy healing and the Akashic records. However, at some point during my adolescence, I came to believe that this was foolish and under pressure from my parents, I had to basically put all of my energy into quote-unquote more useful things like standardized testing and getting a job so I could support the family. And it was very sad because gone were the moments when I would lose myself gathering rocks in the woods or painting the stars in the night sky. And for a period of nearly 10 years, I didn't pick up a single paintbrush and denied the rich world of spirit that was always, always gently beckoning me until I saw my first glimpse of Iceland. 
I remember it was a photo my college classmate had brought back and it showed him and his colleagues knee deep in dirt. In fact, I think they were in a ditch and they were surrounded by mud, but also these like beautiful, pure green lush fields. He was doing an archaeological excavation in a northern town of Iceland called Soderkroker, a place where I would later ride Icelandic horses and visit a woman whose backyard housed a city of elves. So the harsh and magnificent terrain of Iceland holds this really special and distinct mystical quality that just seeps into and pervades the land. I mean, Iceland itself is just this living wonderland of paradox and delight. In a country of glaciers and icebergs, there's also active volcanoes and these hot bubbling pools of thermal heat. The Icelanders themselves are descendants of Vikings, the Celts, and Nordic chieftains whose history is recorded in their sagas. And these family sagas speak of politics, battles, family feuds, and much like the epics of Virgil and Homer, also speak of myth, pagan gods, and legendary beings like elves and huilfolk, hidden people. This belief in the mystical is not only part of Iceland's history, but as I found out, it's also part of their everyday discourse. In fact, many Icelanders have first or second person accounts of interactions with elves and hidden people who live in these hidden dwellings invisible to most human eyes. And Icelanders refer to a time not too long ago when humans coexisted harmoniously with the elven people. Now, however, because humans are no longer in relationship with the earth, the elves avoid human contact. This tenuous relationship between humans and elves even made mainstream Icelandic news when it was reported that angry elves caused an accident and even harmed workers at a construction site because, well, these people were destroying their homes. And in the end, the government made apologies to the elves, and they even sent a psychic to the location to speak with them, and they ended up working around the location where the elves reportedly lived. So, as I stepped through the door of the elf school, I found myself surrounded by statues of dwarves, trolls, gnomes, and other creatures of lore, and I strained to find Magnus as there were columns of boxes and old books and periodicals just stacked to the ceiling and I couldn't see past them. The surroundings looked like an academic's office. It looked like my old professor's office, filled to the brim with research and paperwork. And I later found out that Magnus is actually a historian and his brother, Osser, was the minister of foreign affairs in Iceland. In front of me were two French tourists who were registering at the front desk. They had heard of the Elf School from an interview Magnus had done on Icelandic TV. And speaking to them in perfect English was a gray-bearded man whose eyes were so obviously sparkling with delight. And when it was our turn, Marcus said something in Icelandic to the seated headmaster 
and literally overcome with excitement, Magnus rises up from his seat, revealing this giant figure of a man, a cross between a Viking warrior and Santa Claus. And he exclaims, in nearly 20 years of elf school, there has never been an Icelandic student. He laughs. Welcome. Us bright-eyed students gripped our study books and headed into the classroom where Magnus would spend the next several hours recounting his personal in-depth interviews. Bright-eyed students gripped our textbooks and headed into the classroom where Magnus would spend the next several hours recounting his personal in-depth interviews of over 800 people who have had first-person interaction with elves and hidden people. Some of these people have had long, decade-long relationships and friendships with these beings. They've been invited into their homes, and some even raised families with them. We sat and listened, soaking in every detail. For nearly seven years, the mystery of Iceland had been tugging at my heartstrings. My body craved the freshness of wild food and the touch of warm silica against my skin. My heart longed for the serenity of a pure and untouched landscape. Most of all, my soul longed for old magic, the kind of vibrant energy inherent in the living earth from the time of creation. Up until my trip, my life in the city had been consumed by building my coaching business, recovering from pretty bad heartbreak, and my desperate attempts to nurse my terminally ill grandparents back to health, only to fail. After nearly three years of this, I began to lose myself and my spirit. Once so full of curiosity in life, I began to retreat. I was getting sick more often. I was always worried about money and worried about my family. And I felt like a shadow of a person in my own life. I craved rawness and wonder. I wanted to reconnect to what the Sioux call the great mystery, the force that connects all things. The truth is, most people are so conditioned and regimented in their lives that they lose connection to the greater forces at work. Once we disconnect from magic, we disconnect from grace and the divine. As a result, like a flower cut from its roots, our spiritual life force weakens, as does our connection to nature and the flow of life. We become anxiety-ridden and blind to the complex ecosystem that surrounds us and that supports us. I knew nothing short of a miracle had brought me to the Arctic Circle, to Magnus's Elf School. And as I pondered the series of incredible events, Magnus's partner saunters into the classroom with a heaping platter of just scrumptious cream-filled pancakes and piping hot tea. So sitting together like this odd family of misfits, all of his students and Magnus and his partner, we lightheartedly chat about elves 
and made jokes about how our elf school certifications would help us in this really competitive job market. And apparently Magnus said that someone actually put it on his resume and got hired for a job. I felt at home to speak so openly about magic and magical beings just healed my soul. It integrated these disparate pieces of my reality and it allowed both realities of the visible and invisible to finally coexist. It reminded me of my grandmother and the grace that brought our group together from all ends of the earth to share this experience. After nearly four hours of ELF study, Magnus proudly handed us our ELF school graduation certificates and we hugged and wished each other well on our journeys. The elves were with me during the rest of my trip through Iceland. In fact, they left me a gift. While hiking up a waterfall in the southern region of Hela, I was inspired to ask my new elven friends to help me find a special rock to bring home with me. You see, rocks speak to me and I have this deep affinity to them. And I love rocks that contain smaller fragments of stone within their crevices. It's like a stone within a stone. And I could just spend hours peering into the depths of these rocks. So I was in the waterfall and there was no luck. And after a while, I just gave up. And I suggested to my travel companion, Scott, that we stop by a roadside fry fish stand, Mia's Country Grill, to grab some lunch. We were the only ones there. And as we awaited the owner to take our order, I immediately felt this tug, this instinct to look straight down. And I just screeched with joy as right between my feet, I found the most marvelous stone I had ever seen. It was just this odd looking trapezoid with a tiny mouth like opening that contained a perfectly small round stone inside. It looked like the stone was chewing on this giant wad of gum and it was just love at first sight. Absolutely jubilant, jumping out of my pants, I thanked the elves and ate my fried fish and chips with this heart full of love and awe and Scott no doubt thought I was out of my mind. And so as the sun began to set, I remember this distinct satisfaction of knowing that finally I had reconnected to magic and it welcomed me with open arms. <laughs>